a story. It's going to be forgotten in a day or two. But there's a mental health story. And it ties into a topic that we deal with in the life process program. And then you and I often discuss. Um, and I'm going to call it Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's love addiction. Hmm. And the reason we're not going to forget about it is perhaps there are people that are more prominent in the news. You know, maybe they're bigger stars. Johnny Depp than Naomi Judd has been. But it's a prolonged trial. In Virginia, Fair, Fairfield County, I think, Virginia, it's gone on for weeks. And it's not over. And Johnny Depp is suing his ex-wife, um, uh, Amber Heard, for slandering him by implying or saying that he beat her during their marriage and abused her in other ways. Now, he's already brought an action against her in the United Kingdom for a similar charge, and he lost. So he's bringing it again, a similar charge in the US. Before we get into what they claim happened between them, I want to ask the question of what motivated them. And the answer is love. Um, they got married on February 3rd, 2015, during a simple ceremony before a justice of peace at Depp's mother's home. God, that sounds sweet. Hurt said that she had talked herself into believing this was the right thing to do. Huh. We were making the right decision, Hurt told jurors, recalling her frame of mind on her wedding day. It was magic. I was marrying the love of my life. Um, it was complicated, but I thought it was the love of my life. So we might ask the question, what does she think love is or how does she see signs of love? The first time he hit her, she said, all of these quotes are from the New York Times. Some of them are so outrageous and sordid, you would think, oh my God, they can't print that in whatever, they don't have the National Enquirer anymore, do they? They can't print that in some kind of rowdy magazine, this appeared in New York Times. The first time he hit her, she said, was two years before they were married, when the actress laughed at one of his tattoos. He slapped her across the face three times, she said, a gesture so stunning that she initially responded with a laugh because she thought he must have been a joke. I knew it was wrong and I knew that I had to leave him, Miss Heard testified. And that's what broke my heart because I didn't want to leave him. Huh. So he had started beating her years before. Um, she loved him and she sort of said that, thought that was a bad sign, but she was so much in love that she didn't want to leave him. So instead they got married and you know, they weren't married that long before things started to happen. When we talk about love being an addiction, 
and we talk about negative outcomes, people say, oh, well, what could a negative outcome from love be? Of course, a common outcome is suicide or murder, but they didn't kill themselves. Uh, Ms. Hurt testified that Mr. Depp physically abused her throughout their relationship, recalling that his anger was triggered by suspicions she was being unfaithful, which would not abate despite her repeated denials. So Johnny Depp's a famous, he's about 55. She's about 36 now, I think. Um, he's a jealous guy and she's an actress. So that's, you know, a bad combination. As Ms. Heard described it, Mr. Depp was a controlling presence in her life intent on having a say over what she wore and what acting job she took. She testified that in 2014, that's before they got married. He became angry about the fact that she had a romantic scene in the movie with the actor James Franco, leading to a confrontation on a private plane, one of the central incidents in the dispute. She said that he kicked her in the back there. Um, ben King, the property manager of an Australian home where the couple stayed during their 2015 trip, this is, seems to be when they got married. Um, testified about the damage he witnessed in the home after um, an incident describing broken glass, blood drippings. Now this is the part, it's appeared in the New York Times, as well as how he found Mr. Depp's fingertip in a scrunched up piece of paper amid the wreckage. Another time Ms. Hurd testified, Mr. Depp engaged in an invasive search of her body for drugs that he thought she was hiding from him. And Mrs. Hurd testified that later he sexually assaulted her with a bottle. Wow. Why would Johnny Depp, this is an unanswerable question. Why would Johnny Depp go to court to have this testified to about him and his wife? Why would somebody, so that it's a front page headline, why would somebody do, forget doing the behavior, why would he go on trial for this? First of all, I think he wants to, this is not what you're looking for, but it's, I think he wants to convince people that either he didn't do these things or the things that he did weren't as severe as she's saying that they are. Second of all, I think he's trying to show that the relationship was mutual destruction. And uh, so that so her defaming him uh, was out of context. I don't think he cares about the money. I don't admit that his finger came off. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's no <laughs> way. He... Well, but then they, he said, well, she took whatever they could blame each other. I right. think the reason he's doing it. I think it's I think it's almost suicidal. I think they're both saying that their lives have been, this love of relationship, which only lasted a few years, I think both of them are saying it, it, it demolished the rest of their lives. I mean, he's suing her specifically because he claims he lost that gig being the pirate guy. And that was a $27 million gig. Mm. Although he had been in five before, he probably has some change. You can't live a life like this, getting your finger cut off and creating and for beating your wife in a private plane. 
unless you have a lot of money to burn to start right. with. The majority of the the trial takes place. Uh, the stories they tell in the trial take place on his personal island. So yeah, I think he's probably okay financially. So nobody wants to lose twenty seven million dollars. Whatever business you're in, okay. Mm-hmm. But I think, but they fired him one reason or another, and he feels his life is over in some major way. I mean, he's mm-hmm. paraded around the world as a maniac, and you know nobody's going to hire him. Again, he's been a famous actor. He was a famous actor, you know, with Edgar Edward Scissorhands, and mm-hmm. he made a lot of well-regarded movies. He's a talented man, and then he got into this pirate thing where he's made it's a money machine. Where he's made untold millions, and people love him for it. I mean, he he might not count it. He's funny in it. His life's over, so he's almost saying. I've lost everything. Why not go to trial? What more can they, what more can they do to me? Hmm. Um, if he can't have meaningful work, the thing that his life revolves around, then yeah, right. May as well just put it all up for all to see. If he had a drug and alcohol problem when he was gainfully employed, he's still got enough money to buy drugs, but and you know, alcohol he can afford that. Um, he's going to have a lot more time on his hands, um, and he's says his life has been destroyed. Now, the couple's marriage counselor was named Laurel Anderson, and she said she saw mutual abuse in the relationship, mm-hmm. and that's created another mini-storm. Do, do you know why people are fighting over this mutual abuse claim by their therapist? I mean, somebody knew them fairly well. What causes this clamor? Well, one bone of contention was the very question, can a woman be the abuser in a relationship between a woman and a man? Is that what you're thinking about? Right. Yeah. No, words. And he's the person in power. I mean, she was she had some good acting gigs, although he's trying to control those. You, you, you notice that she wants he wants to control what role she takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's famous. Well, he claims it's. I guess because of the sex scenes, but sounds like he doesn't want her to be successful, Mm. which is, that's a, what kind of a relationship is that where he's trying to restrain her and Mm -hmm. limit what she can do. Um, And he's the power one and he's physically, he can beat her up, I guess. But here's, um, um, they got another expert. Both partners were egregious in their behaviors. I mean, well, we don't know who's responsible for cutting his finger off. So we don't know who to blame that on. Uh, and neither seems to realize their culpability. You know, obviously, when you have a divorce trial like this or any kind of a trial, well, each person blames the other one. That's the way it's done. Mm. Things are always easier to make sense of when one person is clearly a victim and the other a perpetrator. This is a, a relationship expert, a psychiatrist. I wish life were more concrete and there was always one clear perpetrator and one indisputable victim, but relationships are comprised of people and people are complicated In my 27 years of practicing as a therapist, the vast majority of relationships I've seen show problems in both partners. 
how do you respond to that last sentence when something like this is happening? Well, obviously both people have problems. I mean, they're both in court. And in a way she testified to her problem, one of her problems. Um, I mean, maybe the problem, he claims that she abused him. Leaving that aside, it was a problem that he was beating her up and she decided to marry him because she figured she couldn't lose him and she loved him. That, that's a problem of some kind. He denies that for beating her up. But that's the problem, right. They're, each, of the, each of their claims, let's take them at face value uh, at an individual level, are problems. And so is that, you know, it's, it, it's not as clear cut usually as uh, there's one victim in an ongoing relationship where the one person didn't leave the other person. Doesn't now, of course, mean? he's suing her. Right. Slander. Right. Which he says cost him $27 million. That's what the lawsuit's about. Right. So it's a defamation case. That, Did yes. you defame him or not? Right? So that's a thing. And you and I are, we don't care about that. You know, they're going to make some kind of decision. We're looking at this in an inter, inter this is a relationship relationship level and yeah. if you're sort of saying well who was addicted and who was not addicted there you we, go well, both yeah. of them are addicted that right so in terms of this laying i mean when do you get to see three weeks of testimony from psychiatrists their therapist testified the guy who uh, the people on the plane when he beat her up the guy who cleaned up uh, their apartment after he cut off his finger. I mean, you don't get to see such bloody, intricate de details. She describes her own feelings while he's beating her up over years. And so it's, um, it's a remarkable dissection of a relationship that makes you just see a just how bad and destructive they, they feel they've ruined each other's lives hmm. and they did it in the name of love and they both started out when they got met they were both successful yeah and yeah. now they're they're sort of saying i'll say anything in court um he prevented me from getting roles she heard says he says you know, my career's over. Is there any better definition of an addictive relationship where something labeled love by both parties destroys each of them? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that is really fascinating. If you, Sometimes I think about if you took the personhood out of it, if you could sue heroin, you probably would if that was your problem, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't change the fact of, wouldn't change the effort that you put into heroin or the bright spots that you were aiming for when you were doing it, uh, despite the destruction. And, but you add in the uh, interpersonal element and the seeking of love and the perpetuation of a relationship one way or another, man, it becomes explosive. You know, uh, people make a joke about heroin calling them back. Hmm. But in a relationship, they actually call each other back. You know, right. and I, they actually say, oh, let's get together again. Oh, I won't do that anymore. To say they're ever present issues, 
they just keep screaming at you. I mean, you know, if you're reading the New York Times, I don't know, you're probably interested in the war in Ukraine and, um, you know, uh, the reversal of Roe v. Wade. But staring you at the homepage are two people describing the most gruesome details in a relationship. <laughs> 